but we've been looking at things that we hide, or at least think that we hide. And the foundation for this series has been Proverbs 28, 13. Let's read this together. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Our challenge through this series has been that we stop hiding. We stop concealing. We stop living with these secrets in in our life. And that we own up and, and confess to God. Not to the world, but to God. And that we turn from whatever that secret is. And if we do, God's promise is that we will find mercy. And it is no secret that every single one of us have secrets. You know, some secrets we we keep are things that we struggle with. I mean, we've been talking throughout this whole series on, you know, the the sins that we're involved in. We we talked about a lot of different kinds of sins. We we talked about lying, uh, not being honest. We, We talked about living a lie, where we act one way in this setting, and then we act another way Uh, in another setting, kind of a chameleon, you you might say. You know, it's kind of, shh, this is who I really am. And then we go out and we live another way somewhere else. And we're saying, shh, this is who I really am. And we talked about that we live behind the blinds. And we talked about various temptations that we struggle with, that they come in different shapes and sizes, uh, dishonesty, uh, cheating, uh, affairs, pornography, uh, various addictions, whether it be drug or alcohol or sex, that uh, it gets the best of us. Uh, we talked about debt last week and the, the secret of living beyond our means. We talked about lines that we step over. Uh, We know we're stepping over them when we do it, but it's our secret. And so we live with secrets, and we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy covering up, pretending everything's okay. And we hope that nobody finds out, because after all, shh, it's my secret. And sometimes... We keep secrets, and we didn't even do anything wrong. It's just something that happened to us. And that secret is like a disease, and it eats away at the fabric of your life. And we keep it hidden because we don't want anyone to know. We we don't share our secret with anyone, and it devours us. It's our well-kept secret. It's my secret pain, my secret shame, my secret anger, my secret grief. It's just, it's my secret. And I hope that through this series that you have been able to identify your secret. Your secret. Not somebody else's secret. Not your neighbor's secret. Not your spouse's secret. Not your kid's secret. Your secret. And I also hope that not only can you identify that, but that you can admit that you have a secret. Shh, I have a secret. We all do. And here's what's interesting. 
to me that when we're behind the blinds, you know, we're living back there, and you're behind that screen, behind those blinds, and you feel safe, don't you? You feel safe back there. You, you may be a bit nervous, maybe a little bit paranoid, because, well, you don't want to be found out. But overall, I think when we live behind the blinds, we think it's a safe place, that I'm okay. Shh, I've got a secret. Friends, too many people live behind the blinds. I mean, we live behind the blinds and we, we peek out once in a while, you know? We're peeking out at the real world, looking around. And, and once in a while, we even come out from behind the blinds. And we live life out here. And we pretend that we're something that, that we're not. But I want to tell you, living behind the blinds is confining. It's complicated. It's claustrophobic. It's cumbersome. I mean, th- imagine with me. Can you imagine living this way? Hey, I know what you mean. God's the most important thing in my life. No, that wasn't me. I I wouldn't go somewhere like that. Oh, that's crazy. There's nothing going on. I love my wife. I'd never cheat on her. No, we're not having financial problems. The check must have got lost again. I'll send you another one out today. No, I'm not drinking again. It's cough medicine. No, my family was great. I don't know what my sister's talking about. My father, he, he wasn't abusive. She must have grown up in a different home. And friends, we live behind the blinds. In fact, maybe I should say we exist behind the blinds because that's not really living. In fact, that becomes a prison in life. And get this, the blinds are binding. They're binding. You know, David, he writes this, he says, before I confessed my sins, my bones felt limp, and I groaned all day long. Night and day, your hand weighed heavy on me, and my strength was gone, as in the summer heat. So I confessed my sins and told them all to you. I said, I will tell the Lord each one of my sins. Then you forgave me and took my guilt away. David, David made himself miserable. Shh, my secret. And that secret sapped his energy. It spent his emotional energy on trying to live behind the blinds. 
And it just didn't work. David finally realized that the secret was stealing his life from him. It was sapping his strength. It was destroying him little by little by little until David said, you know what? Enough's enough. I am stepping out from behind the blinds. I am going to live somewhere else. Because, friends, living behind the blinds is not God's design for you. If you don't get anything else today, hear that. That is not God's design for you. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. God created you to to know and to be known. He created you to live life to its fullest. And you cannot live life to its fullest when you're living behind the blind. You know, the God who, who loves you and cares about you and wants the very, very best for you in your life wants you to come out from behind the blinds. I mean, can you picture, I mean, God's saying to every one of us, he says, you know what, you matter to me. I love you. Go ahead, open the blinds. You know, look, look out. Look at what you're missing. Look at the joy. Look at the peace that you're missing, the best part of life. It's just not there. You know, come out from behind the blinds. Some of you are tempted to come out. God says, you don't have the strength to come out? Well, I know you can't on your own, but I can. I'll give you my power. If you just trust me, I can help you out of the mess. I can help you break free of the secret that is binding you. You know, just admit your problem. Admit your struggle. Admit your secret. You know, God says, I'll help you get out from behind the blind. No more secrets. Then you can really start living. Then you can start living the life that you were meant to live, life to its fullest. Friends, why do we, why do we live back there? I mean, why do we live with secrets? Why do we reduce life? You know, why do we refuse to, to let God help us live life out from behind that blind? I mean, part of it is I think we underestimate the power of the secret. You know, that the situation is critical in our lives. Our secret is destructive. And most of the time, we're living with this secret and we're just in denial. You know, God's like, give it up. Step out from behind the blinds, and, and here we are. We're, we're like this. What are you talking about? I don't have a secret. I'm not living behind the blinds. It's not, it's not ideal, God. It's, you know, I'm being true to myself. It's not a problem. And friends, when we're thinking like that, God's heart's breaking. And our lives are are shrinking as we're just hiding. I mean, we're hiding from God. We're hiding from those around us that love us. We're we're hiding from the real truth. Denial. Denial. I mean, you living behind the blinds? Shh. I remember several years ago, a good, good friend of mine kind of confronted me in, in love uh, about some stuff and some sin in my life that I was struggling with. And uh, I remember when he first put it on the table, my response, see, I'm, I'm a normal, normal guy, and I go, what? 
you got the wrong guy. You know, I'm not dealing with that. Not me. And because he loved me, he kept pressing me. And at a point, I finally thought, you know what? Damon, you're in denial here. This is tripping you up. It's messing you up. It's holding you back. And it's time to come clean and own up. You know, Paul, Paul used the, uh, a word for denial in Scripture when he was writing to the Corinthians, and he used the word blind. You know, Corinthians says, the God who rules this world, he's talking about Satan there, has bind, blinded the minds of unbelievers. They cannot see the light, which is the good news about our glorious Christ. The evil one has made you and me blind. So when God's asking us to quit living with a secret, a lot of times we are blind to the blinds. You know, I remember when our, our kids were little, um, we, we moved to Palmyra, and, and right outside our door there was a big tractor tire, and we found a frog in there one day. And the kids thought it was great. I mean, they set up a whole city inside the, there, and the, the frog hung around for, for a while, and then it took off. And so I talked to some friends of ours in town that had a big pond, and she said, you know, we've got hundreds and hundreds of frogs out here. And so she invited me to come over and get some frogs. So I got the kids. She said we'd need to come at night. And so we showed up. She gave us a flashlight, and we're shining it around the pond on the bank. There are frogs everywhere. And so I'm trying to catch them, and I would shine them on the light, and then I'd set the light down, and I'd try and get them. Now Phyllis, very gracious lady, she watched this city boy for a while. And then finally, she said, Damon, keep shining the light on them. Hold on to the flashlight, and you can just walk up and get them because the light blinds the frog. And so, sure enough, it worked. I'm catching frogs all over. Now, catching the frogs was the easy part. My girls were with me. Trying to decide which frog to keep was a whole nother matter. They're like, no, Dad, that one's too big. He's not cute. He's not cute. Put him back, you know. He's mean looking, you know. And then finally, Dad, that's great. He's perfect. And so we caught, we caught Gilligan and the Skipper, and those are good names for frogs, by the way. And I, I think we ended up catching all the castaways and putting them in the, in the tire. But, friends, I'm like that frog sometimes. And you are too, if you're honest. We are blind to our situation. We are blind to the blinds that bind us in our lives. And I think fear keeps us from uh, stepping out from behind the blinds. You know, it keeps us from trusting God. Because we just underestimate our condition that we're in. Mark writes and says, And how does one benefit, Jesus said, if they gain the world, lose their soul in the process? For if anything, is anything worth more than your soul? See, we need to understand that the evil one wants you to live behind the blind. Ultimately, what he would like is for you to lose yourself and your soul 
because you're living back behind the blind. And so when, when God's trying to get you to step out, the evil one gets involved. You know, he tries to trip you up. He tells us lies. He gives us excuses for not dealing with, you know, whatever the issue is, you know, a gambling problem or our, our grief or temper or codependency, this, that, you, you, you name it, you know, fill in the blank there. But the, at times, we want to face our fears, but we've got to get serious about it, and, and it's hard. You know, another reason I, I think we don't come out from behind the blinds is we are not desperate enough yet. You know, I believe Christianity is for desperate people that understand their desperate situation in life. It's for people who are at the end of their ropes that realize they can't do it on their own. People that realize that they're hiding behind the blinds and that the blinds are binding them. Here, here's what I believe that God will allow sin, hurt, that habit, whatever it is, that he, if you decide you're going to stay behind the blinds, God will allow whatever it is to get the best of you ultimately. God will allow that because otherwise you just stay hiding. You know, God will knock out the slats, so to speak, so that you quit hiding. And one of two things happens if you're hiding behind the blinds. You will either come to a point where you say, you know what, God, I need help, and you step out from behind the blinds, or you will find that you will get exposed at some point, and you will ask God for help. But either way, God's going to get involved. You know, it happened to Jonah. Jonah was didn't want to do things and he thought he was hiding out and so he ends up one day in the belly of a huge fish gastric juices eating away at his skin and then can you imagine that at that point he realizes the desperateness of his situation he steps out from behind the blinds the bible says that, that jonah prayed and he came clean with God. And in a dramatic form, God steps in, commands the fish to vomit him up on the seaside, onto dry land. That's a pretty picture, isn't it? Friends, the sad truth is I look back on my life, and I, I realize that most of the time, I do not change until I experience some great pain in my life. And get this, God will allow that pain dial in your life to get hotter and hotter and hotter until you come to your senses. You know, why don't, why don't we come to our senses? I mean, now, right now. That, that little problem you try and explain away, that little thing that you say, oh, it's not a deal that you're trying to keep secret. Shh, my secret. Are you desperate enough yet? You know, some of, some of you are at a point where you're ready to step out from behind the blinds. And that's great. And some of you, you're going, not yet. Maybe a little more time. 
perhaps some more pain, maybe a little more heat. Friends, you've got to realize the desperateness. You know, I think uh, we get paralyzed by guilt sometimes. You know, we carry this huge amount of guilt around with us, and, and so we keep hiding. We keep hiding out. You know, Psalms 40, 12, so David writes, he says, For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head, and I'm glad I have less hair now, but I have lost all courage. You know, we're all caught up living behind the blinds. We're all caught up in this masquerade. And we're too ashamed to come out and just walk out and say, you know what, God, this is me. This is me. Why is that? Why why are we so afraid? You know, I I think part of it is some of us see God, and when we see God, we see God with eyes of compassion and, and change and forgiveness and grace and love. And I think some of us, we're not really sure You know, God says, it'll be okay. Come out. And we're we're like, I don't know, God. I mean, I have so much baggage, so much guilt. I got a lot of garbage, God. I mean, you, you do not know how scarred up I am, how messed up I am. Besides, God, I've been living behind here a long time. I can't do it anymore. Tired of pretending. I want to come out, but I'm not sure. I mean, if I come out, I'm not sure you can handle it. God can handle it. God sent Jesus Christ to die for all that baggage, all your garbage, all your stuff. You know, all that stuff you keep hidden behind the blinds. God can handle it. God can handle whatever it is that you bring from behind the blinds. He can do it. You know, we do not gain control in our life. Get this. We do not gain control until we lose control, until we give up control. You know, it's sad to say, but but so many times, the blind's about to come down. We're about to get exposed. And God's in our ear going, quit hiding. I'll help you. And, And we think we are so smart, and we are so clever. You know, it's like, I can handle things. I'll be okay. You know, we're just not desperate enough. And my question is, do you realize, do you realize your condition? And I think the other reason that we keep hiding is we just don't understand the grace of God. You know, the Bible says that we are made in the image of God. From from the beginning of time, we have had this desire in us to fashion God into our image. You know, And my question is, what have you fashioned God into? You know, your anger? You know, maybe a a principal or a boss, pastor, priest, politician, parent? You know, what have you fashioned God into? 
in your life. You know, Moses, uh, we had our series a while back, but Moses, he was up on the mountain and he was getting not ten suggestions, but ten commandments. And at the same time he's getting those, the children of Israel, God's chosen, they are fashioning something to worship. They're making God into their image. And it's no wonder we struggle coming out from behind. It's no wonder we're confused about coming out from behind. You know, God's saying, come out. Quit hiding. No more secrets. And here's what I think is that sometimes the image that we have created of God keeps us from stepping out, keeps us from trusting God because The image you have created, that principal, that parent, that pastor, that boss, whatever, can't handle it. And you know that. The image you've created can't, but God can. The God that created this universe can. The God that created you fearfully and wonderfully. You know, the God that loves you so much that he sent his son. He would have sent him if you were the only person on this planet. You know, the God that has the power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. The God that cares about you and cares about what's going on in your life. You know, the God that has the power and wisdom and strength to help. A God that longs for relationship with you. Do you understand who God is? Do you understand how much you matter to God? Foundation of this series, and I, I hope you'll commit, commit this verse to heart, but people who conceal their sins, live in secret, will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Promise from God, three-part process. We have talked about it over and over and over again because it's so important. And first, you've got to confess to God. Admit, whatever it is you're hiding back there, and just take it to God. Just step out from behind the blinds and say, I am, and put a name to it. You know, then say it. You know, I am. Admit to God and to yourself. There's nothing you can say that's going to shock God. He already knows. But I would encourage you to be very specific. Because here's what I think we do. We want to talk generically in terms uh, when we're talking about sin because it's easier. It doesn't sound so bad, right? I mean, I, I think we bundle stuff up, you know. We take all of our sins and we go, forgive me all my sins. That doesn't sound so bad, does it? I mean, we'd all get up here and go, forgive me my sins. Not a big deal. But now if we say, you know what, let's name it. Let's be specific. You know, I'm a liar. I got a problem with pornography. You know, I've cheated on my spouse. You know, just say it to God. Because God's just waiting for you to admit it. It's interesting, the the word for confession in the Greek, it means to agree with God in a unified voice. In other words, to say, God, you're right. I'm, you know, a liar. I have sinned. I'm tired of hiding. 
So first we confess, we admit to God, and then we turn from whatever it is. You know, whatever it is that we're hiding behind the blind, that you're trying to keep secret, to just step out and say, you know what, God, I'm through with this. The blinds are coming down. I am through with, and name it again, it's over, no more, no more secrets in in my life. And we're told if we confess, and if we make the decision to turn, what do we receive? Mercy. We receive mercy. I mean, we get forgiveness. We deserve to be punished. But God has mercy. God has grace. He he forgives us. You know, I talk to people way too often. And they are continually confessing the same sin. I'm not saying they sin and sin and sin and then keep coming to God. And that happens. But I'm talking about they like sinned 20 years ago. And they're still coming with that same thing saying, please forgive me, God. You know, please forgive me. And I think the reason why we never feel forgiven is because we never accept God's forgiveness. We skip a step. We ask for it. We say we don't want to be involved anymore in whatever it is, but we forget to accept God's forgiveness. You know, God forgives you instantly. No delay. No drawing out. No hesitation. God's ready to forgive you the moment you ask for it. And and this is hard to grasp because it's not how we forgive. If we're honest, we like for people to suffer for a while. We like for people to beg us to forgive them. But God's not like that. God forgives you instantly. And and when when we admit, you know, and say, you know what, I'm self-centered. You know, I cut corners. I'm dishonest. Would you forgive me? You, you just get started with, would you? And God goes, of course. God is more ready to forgive you than you are to ask for forgiveness. God forgives instantly, and God forgives completely. You know, when, when we forgive, again, what we do is we hold on to a little bit of it. Because we might need it for leverage in the future. We don't completely forgive, and we definitely can't forget. But the psalmist writes and says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. East and west. As far away. In other words, God says, you know what? You're not going to see them again. I'm putting them out of your reach. You can't even get to them. God is not interested in condemning you. God's interested in you coming out from behind the blinds. God's interested in changing you. God's interested in breaking the binds that you're experiencing behind the blind. You know, the, the, the power of whatever that secret is in your life. You know, God created you. And he wants you to be what he created you for. Isaiah writes, says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So how about it? Isn't it time? Shh. I got a secret. Shh. No more secrets. 